Ladies and gentlemen, it is time. Is it that time already? It's that time. It's about that time. For the one and only. It's time for the JoYo Podcast. We're going to start this off first by saying that Rob needs to open another beer. Uh, and second of all, you're going to hear this on JoYo and Talks with Q. So, Rob and Q, what's up, guys? What's up, man? How's it going? This is the first collab that I know of in the podcast game. Oh, or two podcasts. Was all with someone, right? Yeah. Not, but, not the one no, but like two, two podcasts have come together. Oh, yes. The same yeah, That's exactly. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. I've never actually seen that happen. So. I'll drink to that. Yeah, right? There we go. Mm-hmm. Cheers, fellas. We'll do that. <laughs> All right. Sorry, everybody. We had to cheers that one. If we had cameras, then you would be able to see it. But since you don't, we got to tell you. Um, well, freaking A, guys. COVID is coming down. Shit's opening up again. And I feel really good about that because I haven't rolled jujitsu in forever. And I'm going to go back on June 1st. And I'm going to get my ass kicked. That's just going to be a reality of it. Me and Jesse worked out yesterday and he was hitting the bag. And he's like, fuck. I went too hard. I haven't thrown <laughs> punches in like five months. My shoulders are going to be so goddamn sore tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, dude, like I get the same thing. Like we were talking about, um, when you like go for a run after like a hiatus. Oh bro, you're and done. You're just like, all right, I just want to fucking go and you, you take off. And, and like a quarter mile later. I've had that experience. So me and my little brother, like he runs cross country and when I go home, me and him always go on runs. And so yeah. when I went on a run with him one time, we ran probably like maybe like four or five miles, but we were out doing a trail. And the day after I came back and my fucking Achilles and calf itself uh, was so goddamn tight. I was uh, like walking like bad grandpa. You know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> everything was so tight. And I just, just I was like, dude, I, all right. That was when I recognized, I was like, okay, I need to slow myself down. I can't mm-hmm. just, I'm getting to that age and that stage where it's just like, can't just get up and jump out and go like 100%. You got to like, I have to ease my way back in. So right. Like, Rob a, knows about that. Says the most athletic person. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> Whatever, I can't man. just talk on women anymore. Oh, no. My body hurts. It hurts. <laughs> I hear that, man. I actually, I, uh, God, this was years and years ago before I got in, and I was, uh, I started running to get my cardio up because I knew I was, you know, going to go into boot, and I was going to run and run and run. So I decided, um, I went to a track at this school and I always, you know, with the way shoes are made, you're always, everybody just runs flat foot because it's got the arc naturally in it. So I decided just for giggles one day, you know what? I'm just going to run on like the balls of my feet. And I did an entire mile that way. So like heels first? No, 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 no. Like Like I went down on my toes and uh, my calves were sore for weeks. I, I was, it was hurting going upstairs. I was walking all over work and I'm like, I, I killed my legs. I can't do this right now. So I feel that. Do you know the best way to avoid that? I do not. Don't run. Oh, just just don't run. Don't run. Ever. Okay. Well, it's been working because I haven't run in a long time. So (laughs) you're not going to run, do biking. Biking is good. Biking's fun. I've been taking that up. I need to get a bike. That's what I need to get. Amazon, dude. Mine was like two seventy. I bought it like two years ago. Put it together myself. Oh, you put it together? Uh, yeah. What kind of bike is it? I didn't put it together it's very a well. Huffy. I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, but it's it's a good mountain bike hybrid. The okay. first time I took it for a ride, I went to go make a hard turn and didn't tighten down the handlebars enough. Mm. The handlebars just slid to the left, and I kept going straight. 
I went right into a push. I bet you that fucked you up. Like, yeah. I'm supposed to go right. Yeah. What the fuck? Why am I going straight? I just walked back home with my bike. Like, All right. I'm going to carry, uh, what are those little L wrenches called? Allen wrenches. Allen wrenches. I'm going to carry yeah. Allen wrenches with me whenever I bike from now on. Hey, there you go. So I could tighten shit down. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do that, man. You're too big. That, we were talking about that, I, I actually. I had to get that bike because it's rated for 275. That's it. Which I usually stay below. Uh, Unless I have a depressing semester, I probably drink too much. But then I, I take it off like curves, and I don't know if it's rated for that. But it hasn't broken yet. Oh, so. okay. Why are you jumping it? Because people will be going the wrong way on the sidewalk, and it's like an old lady in a bike with like toddlers in the wagon behind her. And I'm not going to force her to like go in the street. So uh-huh. what's the wrong way? Do we know the right way to? You're supposed to go with traffic, yeah. which I don't agree with. No, I agree with that. I, I agree. It would save you if you got hit. Yeah. I want to see them coming at me. See, so, I, I thought yes. that same shit too. But when I was riding my bike all the time to ASU, I would have to ride with the traffic. And the only reason why I abide by that, especially with like city streets and sidewalks and stuff, is because people pulling out. True. The driver's side is going to look left first, and they're going to be able to see you. When I drive mm-hmm. on the opposite side, the, the people yeah. pull out, and they're fucking looking the way of traffic, mm-hmm. and I'm going the opposite way, so they don't fucking see me. So technically... You just jump over them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but see, the thing... So that you're correct there now, because you, as a bicycle, you're supposed to obey the traffic laws. Yeah, I don't do that shit. Right. A lot of people don't. So the thing is, the way it's supposed to happen is bicycles flow with traffic pedestrians go against it for those same reasons you just pointed out because they can actually see a car coming at them rather than a car coming from behind so yeah that's, like according to traffic laws a bike is considered a vehicle yes you yeah. could you could get a moving violation on a bike fight me yeah <laughs> i have i have <laughs> oh yeah that's right <laughs> when, when i used to ride my bike in uh, riverside brother. before i transferred out to asu I would go obey traffic laws, wore a helmet, everything, all that nerd shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. California is a little bit more strict. Very strict. Yeah. And uh, there was one time, it was like five miles to the gym, five miles back. So I'd bike there, work out, bike back. And I was on the way back, tired. I always used to race myself. I would time myself. And uh, there was this like old red Astro van uh, driven by this like lady and her daughter. Her daughter was like a teenager. Mm. And they were pulling up alongside me. I'm 6'4" pale white at the time wearing a white tank top with a black backpack with a uh, safety strap around it what do you call this glow belt oh the glow, glow belt, belt yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm standing up on my bike pedaling trying to go fast because I'm racing myself and I look over to this Astro van the daughter makes eye contact with me Shit. and the van just starts to merge into the bike lane <laughs> and they want to go make the right turn so I lock up both my brakes and like I put my left foot down to pivot like quick or yeah. right foot down to pivot quick right and like obviously I don't have the best joints so that shit hurt and then like this lady is just completely oblivious to me mm. and it's like even though I was literally biking in front of her she caught up to me and then just merged into me and since then I was like I just want to see the people that are coming mm-hmm. so I can prepare for this as opposed to making eye contact with some poor 14 year old who's merging into my lane now <laughs> it's almost like about a high fiver like it sounds like she like saw you and was like alright fuck this guy like, <laughs> well if the daughter saw me like the mom was oblivious like I stopped I started yeah. yelling because I was mad right and then they just kept driving I was like I could chase them down make a scene I was like I'm just gonna like, walk my bike back the mile to the house just blow off some steam yeah dude biker rage is a real thing it not not biker in terms of like motorcycle but like right. riding your bike as, yeah. as a bicyclist as a bicyclist yeah because yeah. like you're so streets. vulnerable yeah 100 i was driving past fries and someone pulled out super fast to like merge into traffic without even stopping mm. and they missed me 
and they like I swerved right and I like instinctively I just like fucking kicked their car too. I like I went out to kick their car I didn't get it but I like kicked at them and I was just like you motherfucker dude because it's like panic yeah yeah. you yeah, see yeah. a car fly out in front of you you're like shit I can't do anything even yeah. though you have the right away like you're so vulnerable that that's why I don't follow car rules yeah because like if a car gets hit by a car, like someone might get hurt. If I get hit by a car, someone's definitely getting hurt. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't take much, much, no. much miles per hour. To exactly. Do no. Damage, you just dude. fall off. You hit somebody at six or seven miles yeah. an hour. Mm-hmm. That's gonna bump you. Yeah, like ten or fifteen. And that's, that's really fuck you. That's up. really not just people on a bicycle. That's that, those are motorbikes too. Yeah. Like I know guys that ride bikes. They actually have like switchblades on them. They'll have things on them so that way if somebody gets too close, they can like scratch their car. or mess up that's their mirror that's what those tassels are that hang off from like bikers there you go yeah they like weighted whips so if someone gets too close they just bah, yeah. whip them really yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. you put if you damage someone's car either they're gonna get mad and try to kill you or they're gonna be like oh shit I was wrong and they're gonna try I to avoid you I thought it was just like a design yeah. thing no. nope no, that's that, a tool it is a design some, some it's a design, design tool like design <laughs> right some are tools like, okay like, I guess it was like a lessons. cosmetic design or it's like some sort of like mm-hmm. clothing design that's what I thought it was I yeah no yeah that serves a purpose man Yep. Life uh, finds a way. It cool. sure did does. Did you learn that on Sons of Anarchy or did you find a Google? No, uh, so my squadron shop had a lot of bikers. Yeah. Uh, it was just like something that was really prevalent in my squadron for mm-hmm. some reason. And then you got there and you either became a biker or you just learned about a biker. Being a biker. Oh, just yeah. by being yeah. around the environment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I learned about it because mm-hmm. I already don't trust people, let alone <laughs> doing 70 <laughs> and some asshole kid hits me right? or something someone who doesn't even know yeah See, i had a guy on my ship yeah he was a biker and he was in a, a club and yeah he would tell me all about it because you know it's midnight and you got nothing else to talk about exactly so <laughs> five years of your life yeah <laughs> some men don't really know you but uh <laughs> yeah what are you into yeah <laughs> we had this dude named Force uh, interaction matt campbell and literally every conversation went back to his motorcycle you would just be standing there i was brand new checking into like the the exo and the co Right. And he was up there for something in the ass shops. He's like, hey, 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 guys, hey, hey, come over here. It was me and my buddy Saunders checking at the same time. He's like, hey, guys, you guys are crew chiefs, right? I'm like, yeah. Like, cool. You can see our wings. Like, we wear wings on our uniform. Those are crew chiefs. To indicate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. You know, I, I ride motorcycles. We're like, dude, what the fuck did that? Where did that just come from, dude? And we, we everyone hated that guy. Because literally everything revolved back around to his motorcycle. Dude, that's so fucking funny that he just came in and Dude, started a conversation that it's way. literally a meme within all my friends from that have shop. you ever seen uh do you watch have you watched bill burr at all like oh yeah Santa I mean, that, yeah that reminded me of the bit that he has when he's talking about toddlers being fucking awesome like you walk okay. up to like a toddler's in a birthday party and adults are all just kind of talking in their own circle right kid walks up he's got food on his chest not wearing a shirt he's just like hey <laughs> look what i did it's just like trying to get your attention yeah that's what it reminded me of like hey Hey, yeah, like right? if a kid walked up, like, "Hey, did you know that I ride motorcycles <laughs> all the time? All the, the time." The funniest thing ever was so I generally had a bigger dislike for him than most people, mm-hmm. and I made that known uh, because he checked in before me, and then I passed him in the shop. So like, you suck. Uh, yeah. And his life was easier than mine, based on his job versus my job. But uh, someone put a rainbow sticker on his motorcycle one day, Fuck, and I know who it was, and it wasn't me. Yeah, but he thought it was me. He's like, "Hey Walker, I know, I know that was you to put that rainbow sticker on my motorcycle." I was like, "Fuck you, Campbell." He's like, "Fuck you, Walker." <laughs> like that was, that was he, the last time he talked to me. Like 
out of nowhere. It was pretty awesome. So that's how we handle things in the military, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we, we just <laughs> at each other. Fuck you. And shit just builds up. <laughs> so if you're in New York, you may actually be able to understand that. <laughs> I hear that's what they do in the big city. <laughs> All right. Well, so enough bullshitting. So Never enough bullshitting. Uh, that's true. That's true. So what's interesting about this is why I uh, called this together is uh, getting to know you guys. And actually, I didn't know this about Q. I just I learned this when I was talking to Rob. Rob shared that with me yesterday when we went out and got a beer. Yeah, I did not know this. So it was kind of surprising to me. I was like, okay, cool. What's interesting is it uh, this was an idea that came up in my head was to talk about what it's like to grow up without any real father figure in your life. Um Rob, I know what I learned was that you and I are in a similar situation is that you and I don't even really know who our dads are. Like, well, I, I mean, I grew up with him in my house till the first grade. So I first know who grade, he is. Okay. I haven't seen him in 15 years, which okay. is half my life now. Right, right, okay. And even before then, it was a couple of years. So like, I know him. I, he's tried okay. to reach out to me, but like, oh. he was not a figure in my life after the first grade, which is like... Right, and that's a good portion of yeah, your that's, growing I mean, yeah. up life. So exactly. Technically, I know who he is. Okay. Okay. So Dude, I didn't know that about you, Josh. I never knew that about you, like mm-hmm. the relationship with your dad and stuff like that. Well, uh, the thing is, is is so what I'm getting and what Rob told me. You know, first of all, you go, you go ahead, um, Q. What's what's the situation with your your dad? So with uh, my experience with my dad when I was growing up, um, he was there the entire time physically. Um, right he molded like my my family was definitely a traditional role family okay he went out did the work he came back home my mom was full-time stay-at-home mom right she um took care of the family she took care of all the household chores stuff like that dinner all that stuff Mm -hmm. um so with the relationship with him it was very back and forth and in and out so there was a lot of times where we me and him were connected and he was connected with the family and then there's also times where he was just completely distant Mm. and that like a uh, attachment style that I had with him was very on eggshells and that makes sense. A lot of the things that I wanted to talk to him about, or just even just having casual conversation, any type of an emotional connection with him, if it wasn't aligning with his current state of like being open or being not open, mm. then I wasn't able to talk to him. Right. Right. So the fact that he was so removed on an inconsistent basis has really created a foundation on how I relate to people. Sure. And that's, um, that's something that I, and it's very coincidentally like this is all coming about because I was sharing with Rob yesterday that I've been having these thoughts and these recognitions within my own behavior, like over the last week. Right. And Look, so, you got like, you're looking in the mirror and you're like, shit, why am this I doing is, the yeah, way yeah. that, why am I doing what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. You know, why am I acting the way, why am I emotionally able to connect and then just so easy to just turn re- it off, turn off and relax and be comfortable <clears throat> with disconnection. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand why that was happening. And a big yeah. reason why is that the relationship that I had with my dad growing up. That makes sense. That makes sense. So what I, what I'm getting is, is, you know, you, you guys have like these, kind of almost there but it's broken you gotta show your story man i know and i'm gonna get there so the reason why i say this because i understood i and i guess it was just maybe how you viewed your dad was that you just because 
from what I remember, you said, yeah, I don't even know my dad. And I was like, I, it's exactly... It's been like 15 and years. It's been 15 years. So that makes sense. So the reason why I immediately went to you didn't know him at all is because that's what my story is. Hmm. Um, my mother and my father divorced when I was still an infant. Like I maybe was two years old. I don't have a single memory of him ever in my entire life. <clears throat> so um, were it not for you know, photo albums and things like that. I wouldn't even know what he looks like. <clears throat> so I have gone my rest. Let's see. So two years old. I'm so about 45 years. Yeah. Just about that. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone 33 years. Josh's beard is like the rings of a tree. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how old does that make you, Josh? <laughs> oh my God. I stopped counting a long time ago. I'll be honest. So, uh, so basically I would say my entire life without, a consistent father figure. Um, the closest one I ever had was my own grandfather. Uh, and I told a story about him a long, long time ago. Was uh, he, he passed on when I was 15, 16, somewhere around there. And he was somebody that I looked up to. Like he was God, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but he was a man of very few words. He rarely spoke. The man never laughed. But I could always get him to like get a smirk. You know what I mean? It was I was like one of those things where I was like, I'm gonna get this man to smile at least or laugh something. When was your grandpa born? If you don't mind me interjecting, I do not know. Because my grandpa was born in the 20s, <clears throat> like right before the Great Depression. Mm. So I'm thinking the way because my grandpa didn't like talk. He scared okay. the shit out of me. Oh really? He was in the Navy in uh, World War II. <clears throat> but I'm assuming that like the way he was. Is because of how he came up. Mm -hmm. Great Depression, poor war time. Well, yes, raising a family. Yes, no, exactly. Um, <clears throat> my grandfather was also in World War II. He was in Germany. Okay. So I, I chalked it up to that because he never talked about it. The family never talked about it. Um, so he didn't talk a lot, but he was always happy to spend time with us. Um, me and my brother are one of very few male grandkids that he had there were he got he had a lot of girls and because he was old school he was he was wanting to hang out with, with the boys kind of thing the boys yeah dog bears so <laughs> so when he had two twin grandsons like he was always hanging out and, you guys are twins mm -hmm. oh, shit. what the fuck i thought he was older I, than you no your brother is your twin? Yeah, I swore I told you guys this. Dude, no, why? Yeah. This is genuine fucking reaction. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Scrap the original plan. Let's yeah, I know, that. right? Now, <laughs> I did yeah. not know that, bro. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why did you get weird. all the good looks? Um, Rob has to throw something in. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it doesn't work though because I'm the one with the beard. So <laughs> true. solid trade, solid trade, solid, <laughs> solid. Uh, so. The thing is, is I tell people a lot of the times is um, uh, whatever I learned through him was just by watching him. He he didn't actually teach me. Like he didn't sit me down and go, this is how life goes. He never did that. So I loved him to death, but realistically I understand there wasn't a lot that I was able to really learn from him. Except for maybe um, make sure you got your money in order because he was really good at that. So probably growing up in the Great Depression. Yes, and his his uh, he inherited a, a coal mining business from his father, and he got to sell all that. He once he retired, he was pretty taken care of. Nice. So, so yeah, that's one of the reasons why it came to mind was because 
I'm I'm in what you were saying, Q, about what's going on, uh, how you're acting to things, how you're reacting. <clears throat> because and, and I talked to this about uh, to a couple of different people was how that kind of effect can have on kids, you know, particularly it, it, the way I see it is, and and the joke out there, everybody will say that there's girls out there with the whole daddy issues thing, you know, that right. that's that's the running joke. Um, the guys don't get this. The guys don't get the spotlight. No, no. no. So I, I, um, I kind of wanted to kind of talk about what that was like because for me, when I was a kid, because I didn't have any father whatsoever, when I would go over to like my friend's house and their dad was around and they would sit and wrestle with their dad, I would just sit there and like be pissed off because I couldn't do the same thing. Hmm. I was like, dude. What, why, why doesn't my dad want to do I'm that? I'm sure you me? could have fought their dad too. I probably could have. I probably could have. You know, it would have been all right. But um, yeah, it was just, it was, uh, and it was stu- stuff that I didn't think about when I was a kid, but it was whenever I was hitting my teenage years and adolescence mm-hmm. that it really started to kind of like take this effect on me. 100%. You know what I mean? Because then you're starting to come into your own, you're going through puberty. You know, that in and of itself as a male, you're walking around with a 24 hour erection, and that's just not cool. So now you're like, what do I do with this? A lot of tucking you, in the you think it's not cool days. until you're exactly. 70 and you can't get one. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's the greatest time of your life. That's true. Yeah. The waistband thing. Yeah. yeah you, there's a lot of that going <laughs> a lot of on. Yeah. Sometimes it'd be like that, you know So uh so that was that that's that's my story. That's that's how I've kind of come to be who I am now. And that's why I hold such admiration for my time in the Navy because I learned so much in the Navy. Not not just like work ethic and things like that. I learned about life in the, in the military that I didn't before. Right. Do you know what I mean? Um, that you probably would not have even been prompted to probably. engage in until. And what it was, and this is this is a big thing for me is what it was was interacting with other guys. Because when I would go to school. I was always the smallest guy, and I got picked on quite a lot. But you're such a beefcake. I am. I know. Uh, I've did some growing up since then. So, <laughs> so I wanted to figure out how to handle that. And it wasn't until I got in the Navy that um, I got surrounded by guys all the time. There was no escape from it. You know, when you're at school, you can at least go home and you can recuperate. You know, when you're on deployment in a tin can for nine months at a time. There's no escaping this. So there was a couple of times where I was legitimately having some kind of mental breakdown because I was like, I don't know how to talk to you fucking people. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like You're just having a lot of trouble relating. Exactly. And I was fortunate enough to have somebody in leadership that was the guy that would pick on me, but then take me aside and say, listen, man, we're, we're just fucking around with you. We don't we don't take it personal. This is this is just how we talk. And believe me, you're doing great work. We fucking love you. You know what I mean? You come in, you do your job, you get qualified, and that's what we want out of you. But all this other stuff, it's just cuz dude, we're on deployment and we need to fuck with each other. And so it took a lot for me to finally get to realize that. And then it took me even longer to get good at bullshitting because I wasn't good at it. You know what I mean? Like, because I would still take it personal, kind right. of thing. And I do think that there is a balance between um, fucking with each other as well as like being able to relate and hang out with one another, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, 
which is so funny because what I shared with Rob and I've also shared with Jesse too. It's like when we all go golfing, like, yeah. it's just, it's constant shit talking. Yeah. And I have awesome. <laughs> Rob loves it. Jesse love it. Cade <laughs> is all about it. I'm just not. Dude. Yeah. Like I, I, I always perceive myself. I told her, I was like, yeah, I'll just be the mom out there. <laughs> just be like, nice shot, Jesse. You know, good hit, Rob. Just trying to encourage everybody. You got to bring juice packs, but though. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fucking, I'm not a shit talker, man. Yeah, and yeah. That's, that's where I have, and I had similar trouble in the Navy, too. I had such a hard time with coping with that, man, because yeah. I would just beep, like, I would be displaying my authentic self, and that mm-hmm. would be ridiculed, and that would yeah. be made fun of and mm-hmm. i could not handle it dude i yeah. would just i would shut the fuck down because i i didn't know how to express or even stand up for myself and say dude fucking stop right like, right this right, is right. who i am this is what i'm sharing and you guys aren't fucking accepting it mm-hmm. but the problem the, not a problem the struggle with the military is that you have to cope with that environment because mm-hmm. i was overseas you were on deployment Mm. That's your immediate family, essentially. Oh yeah. That's your that's your survival. Yeah. Because if you cut that off, if you cut that off, you are essentially cut off. You're and alone. I have yeah. known people in the military who were <clears throat> socially isolated from our group, mm-hmm. and they were constantly on the watch list mm. because they could not relate to their environment. Yeah. And so it's when you're presenting that authentic self to people, and it's not being received well, and you find yourself on this outlier you don't want to be on that outlier right right i definitely did not want to be on nobody that does it's no. it's 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 it, as humans we we're always trying to impress we want to be into a group we want to be engaged we want yeah to be exactly included. Like, yeah because not, not being included is, is rough mm-hmm. so and like when, when you're like that point that you were talking about just like being on the ship that really resonated with me of like trying to find that balance between the two because yeah. it's important to you know have those relaxed combos like dude fuck off you know right, right, just right. fucking around with each other but then also like <clears throat> to be able to have that safe space within that dynamic to mm-hmm. come back and like hey dude like this is what's really going on with me and I need right. to share this yeah. and I think that um, that has been very like uh, that's not something that's been very common with the male role mm-hmm. of engaging in communication with feelings and what's going on which is what I think has been a huge impact on all of our lives with our fatherly figures mm-hmm. because the generation they were growing up with, what they were taught as men was to be sufficient to where you can provide for the family. Right. You don't necessarily need to be emotionally involved. You need to be there. You need mm-hmm. to give them how <clears throat> you need to give them food. You need to be present. Right. But being present mean meant just being physically present, not emotionally present. Right. Exactly. And so those conversations and that, opportunity to have that dialogue with a father figure was not taught to them mm-hmm. because they didn't experience that when they were growing up as well. And so I mean me and Samara we've we've talked about like how like our generation is the enlightenment generation. Like we're at this position mm-hmm. to where we can break that fucking chain. Mm-hmm. That consistent behavior of like not talking to people in general about how the way that we're feeling mm-hmm. and just working on accepting that on like a like, like a human nature level because that is a part of our nature. Right, right, right. And yeah. denying that part of like our emotional expression goes to what I was talking about earlier with the people who are being socially isolated not being able to relate. If we can't relate with our emotions to other people, we're going to feel isolated. 
How many times have you guys had the thought of like, am I crazy for thinking this? Am I crazy for feeling this? More than once. Right. Because <laughs> Especially in college. Yeah. <laughs> you can't make some jokes you used to be able to make. Uh, Dude, in college. Our no joke. I know. And oh, like, man. Should I be thinking this stuff? And I was chuckling to myself playing Pokemon Go in my first semester of college. <laughs> you played Pokemon Go? I actually wasn't Pokemon Go. It was I got a retrofit for the old Pokemon Blue. Oh. But I did play Pokemon Go when I was an intern before I transferred here. They had me driving around the a thousand linear miles of a town just mapping road conditions. Oh, uh, okay. Me so you're like, intern. might as well. So just, yeah, catch some Pokemon over right here. While we're catch at Pokemon it. over there. <laughs> it's a, it a great time to be alive, man. Oh, I know, right? Jeez. Well, I got to say, man... Um. Well, one of the things, and I know Rob, you're you're always the bullshitter, and 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 you, and that's, and I love that, I absolutely love that. But I gotta know, man, like, it, how did you, like, you feel? This is what I've noticed: when you always feel or look as though you're comfortable in your own skin, no matter what. Um, and I admire that about you because there's a lot of times I don't. But you look like shit. These are the day. So <laughs> I know, right? So I just, how did how did you get comfortable, or are you comfortable even? Are there times where you're like, like when you first got in, was that something, you know, that you kind of had this weird sense that you had to get used to? Yeah. So I've always kind of, I think a lot of people use humor as a coping mechanism for whatever whatever so like a lot of sarcastic jokes are to poke fun at myself before people can poke fun at me Mm, mm -hmm. and uh like growing up i just want to be normal like you guys were saying earlier yeah i just want mom dad i don't care if the dad's there i just want the mom dad uh because everybody else does yeah exactly yeah i just want to be a normal kid normal height normal size Mm. just want to be accepted and then uh like sophomore year i that's when i hit my growth spur i went from five six five seven to six one Nice. Over the course of a summer, and like, ouch. That's always it's <laughs> yeah. always a summer. Yeah. That's so weird. Isn't like that, that, weird? that growing always you, you I leave. If, like, fall. I wonder if it's stress oriented. Maybe be, from like being constantly in school and constantly focusing on that shit. Yeah. In summer, you're just like, right? Because I you, you need come for speed underground two for three months straight and you grow and you're six good. Straight up exactly. Because yeah. the same thing happened with the girls. Like you come back after summer and you're like, wow, you're different. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I came back soft after my sophomore. No, I'm not to interrupt. No, yeah, yeah. I came back after my sophomore year and I saw my buddy uh, Weston. I still remember this. I was, yeah. like, I was like, what's up, man? And he's like. What the fuck? <laughs> Your balls dropped. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, man, whatever. Because before, and it was like, hey, Wesley. Yeah, no, I know, Hi, right? I'm Robert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so continue. Oh, so like, I just started developing a personality, and like, I yeah. would use sarcasm, and people would like me, and I was like, I like being liked. Like, this is a cool thing. Yeah. All of a sudden, I wasn't, you know, five seven one thirty five. I was six one one fifty five. People didn't pick on me, so I was able to yeah. make like sarcastic jokes, and people was like. That's Robert. Like, oh, he's just sarcastic. <laughs> and then going into the military, you're bottom bitch. Oh, yeah. There's hazing. Yep. Like, I don't want to make my hazing worse. So I actually had to withhold my, my sarcasm because there was no filter in high school. Yeah. I actually got suspended for my sarcasm once. Oh. Do you guys want to hear that story? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, seventh grade, my, uh, I can't, he was like some like tech teacher like mm. it was like a tech class it was weird yeah mr schrader and he was married to my teacher name my uh, senior year english teacher miss schrader okay. so senior year uh it comes out allegedly i don't know how this actually turned out allegedly mr schrader touched some kids 
Oh, he never did that in, to me, any of my friends, but allegedly it happened. Uh-huh. So Miss Schrader was like super open with us. She's like, you guys are basically adults. Like we are, she bullshitted with us. She made sarcastic jokes. Oh, we okay. made sarcastic jokes. Yeah. So she treated us like adults. There you go. And then, uh, so I got super comfortable in there. Sarcasm just. You got, I, yeah. I had no filter. Yeah. And uh, one day she, I was sitting in the wrong seat. We had assigned seats. She moved me away from my friends because I always make jokes. Okay. And I was sitting in the wrong seat and uh, she was like, uh, I always knew I'd marry the first guy that my dog liked. And I was like, how'd that work out for you? <laughs> <laughs> so that was like a shot over the bow. <laughs> and she did not like that, which understandable. I, I totally get that. <laughs> 17 year old me did not have a filter oh and, uh, man <laughs> so she uh she was like everyone back in your assigned seats and i got up walked normal <clears throat> speed to my assigned seat mm-hmm. but she said i was walking slow so she held the class late after the bell rang mm. we only had six minutes and i knew for a fact she couldn't hold us she could punish me the next day but she couldn't hold me that day mm-hmm. so i left and the next day she came i came back to class she was waiting outside for me and she's like, here's your ISS slip. And I was like, you can't give me ISS for this, you crazy bitch. You said that to her? Yes. Turns out I was right. But then she gave me ISS for calling for her calling crazy her, bitch. Yeah. Which was completely within her reason. And she actually tried to get it to where I didn't graduate. Oh, my wow. My mom had to come down to school. Single mom had to come down. My brother and sister were troublemakers. It's like I was the, the right. good one. And then she had to come down and try to like fight the school because Miss yeah. Schrader was trying to get me not to graduate high school. Wow. Because I was sarcastic and called her a crazy bitch. Which, to be fair, I still stand by that comment. <laughs> I shouldn't have said it. But I still stand by it. Uh, but eventually I got moved to a different class. And that English professor, or teacher, uh, told me I wouldn't amount to anything in life. R- real good teachers in Barstow, California, yeah, guys. Yeah, I know, right? Okay. So <laughs> probably just a reflection of how they grew up. And Could what be. happened to them. Yeah. Could be. Maybe. Uh, and then, yeah, so Gillian's in the Marines. I had to hide that. Like, I had to repress myself. So yeah. all of a sudden, I had no personality. I was just a robot face, which made me get hazed more, like, picked mm-hmm. on more, as opposed to my friends who made funny jokes. And I don't even remember where I was going with this. Um, so you were talking about something <laughs> else in the military, and you were, that sarcastic behavior was not going to serve you anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what you've been personifying. Exactly. Yeah, so I had to change my personality. I didn't, I did not enjoy my first, probably 10 months in the fleet. Uh, duty station like mm-hmm. there was multiple times just I didn't like my father figure in mm-hmm. the shop as we called the uh, we called him the, our dad yeah was a fucking creep oh and so that's always a good I, time. I couldn't talk to him because yeah. I'm pretty sure he found a lot of people sexually attractive in the shop uh. and he had power over us so like were you one of them I was he told white people so oh I, I fit that build <laughs> short Mexican dude probably a five one that's uh, uncomfortable, from, man. From El Paso, tattoos all the way down on his knuckles. Oh, wow. Because there was a brief period where the tattoo policy had, like, a uh, loophole, and he took advantage of that loophole, so he had tattoos on his knuckles. Mm. And, uh, yeah, the dude was a fucking creep. And, yeah, anyway, so I couldn't <laughs> talk to him. I literally couldn't talk to anyone. I talked Absolutely. to my friends, but they were going through the same stuff as me. Right. And, uh, yeah, eventually it just worked out because <clears throat> you gain your way in the shop. You're given a little bit more leniency. I did have one sergeant. We had a giant whiteboard with all the aircraft on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, my job, every time you replace a component in the aircraft that spins or controls something, you have to go take it for test flights, uh, functional check flights. Mm-hmm. And so as a junior crew chief, your job is to coordinate all that. So you're in charge of like t- 
10 people. Uh, Petro taught me, and then me and Petro worked together before Petro went to MSG. Which I love how you guys are still friends now, dude. That, yeah. like, really, That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Honestly, he like, taught me my job. And and here you guys are... 10 years ago. Yeah. May, May of 2010. Dang, he taught man. me my job. Fucking roommates in Arizona. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so like we worked together. He went to MSG. <clears> and then I was writing like updates on the whiteboard. Okay. And the sergeant who was a mech, so our shop was mechs and crew chiefs, and we just worked together. Uh, he was talking smack to me, and I was just like stone faced, like I sergeant, I sergeant. And he's like, stand up for yourself, Walker, stand up for yourself. I was like, I sergeant, and he was like, it's probably like Q size, but not not that muscular. He's like pure runner, no no right. weightlifting, mm-hmm. and so he's kicking my rib cage as I'm riding. Are you fucking serious? No. The, the, that's not even the worst thing that happened. Like, come on now. I've had a knife held to my throat. Like, (laughs) shit got real in that shop. So the squadron is like a normal squadron bay. And then uh, ordnance are the guys who load up bombs on the planes and stuff or like rockets, rounds. They have a nice air-conditioned shop that like is right next to our shop. Our shop is a fucking shack. It is steel uh, Mm I-beams and aluminum siding. Oh yeah, that's gonna be floor. horrible in the winter and horrible in the summer. Exactly. <laughs> it's not we literally pumped exhaust into the shop just for the heat during the winter. Wow. It's North Carolina. It's fucking cold. Yeah. That would get cold. <laughs> it was it was terrible. But anyway, so this dude's kicking me, and then he's like, "Stand up for yourself." And the where the desk sergeant sits is like slightly elevated. There's some steps, so he's like sitting in a chair kicking me, and he's like, "Stand up for yourself." And I was like, "All right, I'm gonna fucking stand up for myself." And he kicks me again. I chucked the sharpie at him and like hit him in his chest. And he was shocked. And I just rushed up the stairs. And I'm taller than him. I was stronger than him. So like, I got him immediately in a headlock uh, with his body away from me. It's so like a guillotine. Mm-hmm. And he stood up on the chair to like, so I wouldn't have the pressure on his throat. Yeah. So I just fell back down the stairs. <laughs> and like, I just fell down. I was choking the shit out of him. And But we made a ruckus because we hit the aluminum siding coming down. Right, right. So they came out of the back office. They're like, hey, knock that off. Dude never picked on me again. Some dude, like a day later, Sergeant McCall piece of shit uh <laughs> shout out yeah <laughs> slaps uh slaps something out of my hand and instead of just like trying to pick it up because that's what you're supposed to do like they slap it out of your hand like oh because you weren't holding it tight enough i just kept walking i was like i'm done with this shit and since then just standing up even though i didn't have someone to talk to about it like stand up for yourself be comfortable with who you are mm-hmm. uh, i always think you should have like comfort confidence in who you are because mm-hmm. if you don't have comfort or confidence you can literally change it mm-hmm. you can do whatever you need to do you can try to at least change it if you're trying to change it and something is still mentally blocking you like that's fine mm-hmm. but if you think like damn like you guys have seen my body like mm-hmm. the transformation like damn i think i'm fat guess what i did more cardio yeah, yeah like yeah. i wasn't confident in who i was so i did more cardio stopped drinking as much beer switched to bourbon now, damn, uh, I need more muscle or I want more muscle. Just right. work out harder. Mm-hmm. Take steroids, you know, all that cool stuff. <laughs> but no. Mm-hmm. So I, I've always just, everyone's dealt a hand of cards and how you play that hand is up to you. True. So I wasn't dealt the best childhood. Single parent, lived in the hood. <clears throat> got picked on because my my skin color in the hood. Ran from people in my own neighborhood because yeah. they were chasing me down. Yeah. So like, but you know. You, that's true. You got to be who you got to be. That's true. You're not wrong. I know that was that was uh one of the things at least that I've struggled with is um uh that I did have struggle with growing up, you know, uh, being comfortable with that because like you were saying um unfortunately I've never really been able to grow out of the <laughs> the small role of things. Um and what my comfort level had to be was 
being okay with that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, just accepting what it, yeah, the reality is. Exactly. Like you're saying with the, the the cards that you were dealt. You know what I mean? Like this this is the card that I was dealt. You know what I mean? It, I, I work out. I still do all that, which I enjoy, um, which has given me the little bit of strength that I do have that has helped me in jujitsu. Uh, my coach has even said it. Like, dude, you are strong. You know what I mean? So when, when I hear that, I'm like, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? So... That's at least something I can hang my hat on. Do you know what I mean? And it, 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 I think it is that, though. Or at least it, it was and still is for me, is finding that thing to hang my hat on. You know what I mean? And I think that's why I've taken so well now to also jujitsu, is that um, I have rolled with guys that are bigger than me, but if I ever want to, yeah, th- this guy here, one of them, um, which I'll say, which I'll say, I fought you pretty damn good, if I do say so myself. <laughs> if it wasn't for, like, maybe a blatant cheap elbow to the ribs, <laughs> you may not have played Deeds Cup. I know, right? But we won, so it all worked out. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Ah, oh, man. Oh. I still think that was fun. I'd do it again. I would it, do it again. It was a fun time. I yeah. would still go if my elbows didn't hurt from bracing myself all the time. Oh, dude, no, yeah. I, yeah. I feel that. Especially, especially beating up on Johnny. That really hurt my elbows. <laughs> yeah, man. So, I mean, that was one thing that, that I really was was trying to find something to hang my hat on. Because when when I was in the military, um, I just went all in on it. Um, I don't know how you guys were, but, I mean, you know, being deployed or being overseas, you guys know a lot of the times it's just that's what you're focused on i don't know how people are in and get degrees like i had an uncle that retired he's got a number of degrees i'm like i don't know how you did that man because when i was in i was focused on that when i got off of that i didn't want to think about anything so uh so i was all in throughout my entire enlistment and so it didn't it took me up until like my 13 month window you know, on either picking orders or getting out was when I finally took a minute to stop and think, well, shit, what the fuck do I really want to do? Because I could keep doing this, um, but what do I really want to do? And so it, it took that kind of getting away from that and kind of slowing down and enjoying time here and then finding jujitsu and things like that um, of just being comfortable with who I am and what I'm capable of and then... Um, just kind of, yeah, living with that. Like, yeah, all right, I'm cool with that. So, yeah, I don't know how. How about you, Q? What are you hanging your head on? Well, you're still trying to do baseball. Being an athletic freak. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think that's really, really cool that you're still trying yeah. to do that. So. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I'm definitely at a interest. I'm at a very big reflection period right now mm-hmm. for myself, um, occupationally, personally. Um, spiritually, emotionally, all that other stuff. I'm just really, I would say very loosely, but I think also kind of the kind of serious at the same time. I'm definitely becoming very self-aware right now. Mm-hmm. Um, recognizing my behaviors and how they impact my life and the people in my life. And so in terms of like hanging my hat on something right now, I'm just, my main focus um, is just building who I am right now. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of it has been focused on external validation, like with sports. That's been a very huge part for me. Um, I grew up playing sports the entire time. So basketball, football, baseball in high school, baseball my entire like childhood essentially. So constantly around that focus of just playing well 
Um, and we talked about before the podcast, look well, or you look good, you feel good, you play good. That mm. was essentially what I was focused on. Yeah. Right? And being inside the sports world for so long and getting the validation from people saying good job, doing a good job on the field for myself, um, relying on a lot of confidence coming from my execution um, for my own self personally, like not mm. even inside the sports world, like sports was me. So yeah. now that I'm in this position in my life where I am not consistently involved in sports, I'm being forced to look farther into like who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. What can I actually bring to this world like, mm-hmm. as me okay. outside of any So you're other, going like way deep on like... Right. Outside of, outside of any other <clears throat> extrin- like extrinsic identity, mm-hmm. like not car, school, all this other shit. Not, nothing about that that's in this like uh, material world it's just who am I as a person mm-hmm. right so I'm working on creating that so that's that's where I'm focused on like hanging my hat on is like feeling confident within myself feeling comfortable with who I am as well as like being an, an emotional place where I want to be at mm-hmm. so yeah it's taken a, it's been about a year and like five <clears throat> or six months that I've been in this like transformation stage a lot of therapy work and just kind of talking with my therapist about why am i behaving the way that i am mm-hmm. what's what's the big reason as to why that's happening why am i feeling the way that i'm feeling why am i thinking the way that i'm thinking yeah you know just really getting down to the root of like my operating system yeah yeah, you know, yeah. And trying to see what's grind like what's what's manipulating everything and what's like causing everything to behave the way that it is and a big trigger for that is just like, I am not like the behavior that I've been displaying. And a lot of that came from like growing up as a kid like yeah. that's manifesting right now, <clears throat> as well as my time in the military where I just completely got away from myself. Um, thankfully I did because I found some sort of like, yeah. um, some sort of like juxtaposition of like, okay, I don't want to go down this route. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm trying to retract off of that behavior status. And well, it's got to feel good at some point because you're 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 starting to see that long game, you know what I mean? Very Where cool. yeah, so I, when 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 that happens, though, like did you have like this sense like oh well at least I'm starting to have that where I'm able to have the forethought to look down like where is this really going to take me? Correct. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah, and, that, and that's huge. Mm-hmm. Is that actual realization within myself like okay, what am I doing today that is getting me towards that ideal self we'll call it right 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 right. how how like how are my behaviors really like guiding my direction of my life Mm -hmm. you know what am i what am i doing that's getting me this result you know and i keep consistently getting into the same result which is like this cyclical process that i've recognized doing the same thing over and over again and say yeah and it's like in my head conceptually i'm like i don't want that i want to do this Right, mm-hmm. but but then you have to that my behaviors are still consistent with right what I've been doing in the past. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, then it's it's you're you're trying to figure out okay I'm I'm in this rut I got to do something different but I don't know what. So it was that kind of like his point because you mentioned uh, therapy and everything that had that had to have been kind of like one of those I don't know uh, emasculating kind of moments you know what I mean where you think to yourself oh man. Why, like what was that like before you did it right. like did you have this like man I really don't want to do it did you have a breaking moment like I really need to do this kind of thing how did that work that's a great question man um, I was more concerned okay. with what was going on within me 
that got mm. me into therapy. So yeah. I was kind of, ex- I was definitely excited. Mm. Um, I was also just kind of following my gut also too. Okay. So there wasn't a lot of like emasculation for me. Okay. Um, which is, which is good. Yeah, um, I'd say so. And like the big part, the, the big reason why I wanted to get into therapy was, so uh, my relationship with Samara, um, I, when we first started out, I was, I recognized, I was like, dude, this chick has all of these values. And all of these mm-hmm. like attributes about her that I am attracted to. You got a lot of check marks. Right. Yeah. But how come I cannot emotionally connect to it? Mm. Why is why is that bridge not like why is why is why is there still a gap there? Mm. I don't fucking understand that. Why? Yeah. You know? And going into therapy, I was talking to my therapist about that exact same thing. And my first thought was like, okay, I'm gonna blame everything outside of me. Oh, my past relationship, you know, they mm. treated me this way. My upbringing, my family treated me this yeah. way. My fucking, you know, coworker, whatever the fuck it is. You took, you took on it like a defensive strategy. 100%. Yeah. And it, that's what my focus was. I was like, oh, okay, the reason why I'm feeling this way is because all of XYZ have happened to me, mm. which is fucking true. Sure. Right? That is a huge in, like influence in like who I've become to be, right? But as this as therapy has gone on the last year and some change, it's very interesting to see the evolution from extrinsic to, okay, this actually has everything to do with me, which is mm. a position where I don't want to fucking be in because mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to <clears throat> sit with that of like, dude, this is, I, I am fucking doing this. So it, right? you, my inner workings, my behaviors, my choices, yeah. all these things, like mm-hmm. it, it starts within myself. Mm-hmm. So it was like that switch. Now all of a sudden you realize that there are no longer external factors it's all internal and that's this we're, we're talking about with looking in the mirror and so how are my behaviors right yielding these results and actions like i'm manifesting yeah. my fucking reality mm-hmm. and so it's it's there's a position where like in therapy where you kind of get out of the vent the victim mindset of like fuck like all this shit happened to me mm-hmm. as and then you get into this like okay i'm in the driver's seat now mm-hmm. or how do i fucking want my life to turn out yeah you know and how do i want to guide this and that position is so powerful but it's so it's it's hard it's scary too it's I scary think. as fuck dude because yeah you're leaving everything that is so comfortable and um uh jordan peterson talks about um he talks about how 12 leave, rules for life it's something exactly like <laughs> right, right, yeah I, I need to read that book um but i've seen some of his youtube casts and stuff like that he talks about how when you're letting go of a past self that self has to die and you kill the boy Jon Snow (laughs) (laughs) that self has to die no but that's true though it has to die absolutely it's fucking Mm -hmm. terrifying it's scary because you're going into this like this paradigm essentially we'll call it like with I don't I don't know how to maneuver this this is this is nerve wracking absolutely so that that, that's where you like get into the driver's seat and Mm -hmm. it's um it's a tough position because you have to let go of everything that you've ever known. Yeah. Essentially to create your own life. So you're, so you're talking a lot about, um, you know, some of these things that took effect that are taking effect now within relationships and things like that. Um, is that something both of you guys, like maybe you've noticed that it's somehow affected and you've already, you know, brought up personal connection, you know what I mean? With another person. Is that something, you know, Cause we're all, you know, climbing that ladder 
as it were, Rob is close to 30 as well. Call him out. (laughs) He doesn't like to hear it. Both of you guys don't look a day over six. (laughs) (laughs) I did get told by my nephews I look 24. Hey. What up? (laughs) Hey, there you go. Um, But, I mean, this is actually a conversation I've had very recently is I've, you know, you're at this realization and, and, you know, all you guys, you know, I get picked on a lot. Now it's not so much that I'm small because I'm old. Um, there's always something we can there's always something always with me something. there's always um but it's still something that I, I i honestly think about you know what i mean i've i'm, I'm graduated now and everything but i'm still now i'm pushing congrats oh thanks oh, you, man you graduated bro yeah 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 i graduated yeah, a couple Good weeks shit. ago man that's so. awesome zoom you Zo- yeah, yeah i know right well, god that was so you guys are a, you guys are a fucking monopoly like a not a monopoly yeah, but like a, an enigma We're an, yes. you guys are an enigma class. yeah like i i can't believe that i was really really upset I was like, bro, this is like a couple 10 years, you know, 10 years coming now. I really wanted to walk. At least you weren't drunk like somebody we know with your eyes closed the entire time. And <laughs> lost their card that had their name on it and had to write it as everyone else was walking up on stage. Oh, man. you got Shout out to the list. anonymous. <laughs> You'll see. You'll all see. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, but yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pushing 35, you know what I mean? So now I'm looking at it and I'm like, dude, fucking 40 is like right around the corner. And so these are things that I'm thinking about. And I'm like, and you know, I'm still single and I'm fine with Hello, it. Hello, Adam, ladies. Yeah, I know, right? He's got that disability payment. <laughs> God, good 20%, man. Uh, so, you know, that's something that I've thought of as well is like, my past relationships like the 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 dating that i've done and everything and i kind of look back at that i'm like dude what the fuck is wrong with me you know what i mean kind of like the same way where it's like i'm i'm there but i'm not kind of thing and so i never really actually looked at it but was that something that you guys have maybe thought of like you know what i mean making connections yeah i mean i can't lie and say that i've always put myself all the way out there in every relationship I'm sure my exes would agree with that as well. <laughs> the uh, exes would probably always yeah. agree with something. Yeah, uh, yeah. I actually got broken up. My first girlfriend out of the Marines, uh, she was going to Cal State Fullerton. We dated for six months. I was going to uh, Riverside City College. So it was like, anyways, regardless of the distance, <laughs> she literally broke up with me. She's like, you don't have any emotions. And like I was, at the time, I was that's like, hard. That, that's like fine. Like I don't want to show emotions. Right, like, right. Emotions are bad. <clears throat> exactly. Since then, I, I still keep a pretty like, stoic mannerism about myself like, yeah uh, yeah the only emotions you'll see are like sometimes happy and angry most of the time but yeah in a relationship i've learned i gotta put myself out there more <clears throat> yeah or else i'll just keep getting broken up within six months and i'll say i won't have emotions right right so like it, it's definitely been a challenge to open myself up because like i said my childhood was like repressing stuff and like mm-hmm. just making sarcastic jokes and that doesn't work with your girlfriend they get mad at you that's true i wish joke. it would work though because sarcasm it, it is be so awesome. much fun that, yeah. i mean <laughs> we should just date josh honestly you know what rob let's do it man i got you buddy that's a thing man that's a thing the, uh, the non-military folk that is basic housing yeah. so they're both going to be getting rent <laughs> dude no joke but no, and that's some that's something that you know I've thought of as well. Is just like, all right, is how much of that is really going to affect, you know what I mean? Maybe down the road. So then there, I had to start thinking like, all right, where am I at emotionally? And then you know you start thinking of, well, if I eventually want to get into a relationship, you know, 
how is this then going to affect my kids? Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, because if, 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 if you can't begin to open up emotionally with the person that you're with, how are you going to do it with any other person? You know also, what I mean? like starting with yourself, too. With yourself, exactly. Like, literally, it, it's, it talks about um, what I've learned is accepting the emotions for what they are. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know if it's just male culture or if it's our upbringings or um, like just me on an individual level. Mm-hmm. But the belief systems that I've had with emotions, it's it's been as if they are wrong, kind of like similar to what Rob said, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of those emotions come out as anger and frustration mm-hmm. and anxiety, because you're trying to hide that part of you of like the human nature aspect, kind of like what I was talking about earlier. It's like when we are repressing that aspect about our human nature, we feel I've I've felt, and I think everybody can attest to this too. It's like you feel like kind of outcasted Mm because it's like, I don't know, especially when someone, especially when someone comes up to you and they are expressing those emotions, you're like, Whoa, whoa, what the fuck? What are you doing? It throws you off. It throws you off. Yes. Cause 'cause then you get uncomfortable. You get like this weird, like, I got to shake it off kind of feel. You know what I mean? Cause the thing, and what I've learned is it has nothing to do with them. Mm -hmm. Their emotional availability and their emotional openness causes you to look in the mirror of like, fuck, I, I don't know how to feel that. Stop. Right, right. <laughs> just meet me stop at crying. My, just meet me at my level. Right. You know what I mean? But yes. that's what I have learned in the relationship with Samara, and I'm so fucking grateful for it, is because I've learned to check myself and look within myself. Like, why am I not? Why can't I not feel right. that way? Why can I not express that emotion? Mm-hmm. And to go back to the topic we were talking about. The part for me that made me realize, okay, something may be fucked up here, is recognizing the cyclical patterns of my behavior inside of the relationships. Mm-hmm. Like once I was like, okay, why am I acting the same way? Why am I acting the same way? Why am I acting the same way? Okay, uh, clearly there's something fucking going on here yeah. within myself. So that was a big recognition for me of like, okay, I think. Did that take a lot to to admit? Do you know what I mean? Was there's, that like? Mm-hmm. Did that? Was that something where it clicked and you're like, all right, need to do it? Or did it click and you're like, all right, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fucked up in the head. I'm clear. No, this isn't really it. Do you know what I mean? I do. When that emotional expression has been repressed for so long, that is the neural pathway that has been established. So when you get new information about how to behave, naturally you want to resort back to baseline, right? Mm-hmm. And trying to institute that new form of thought is very difficult because the constant work of instituting like a new behavior is once that old behavior pops up, you replace it with a new one on paper. sounds pretty fucking easy, right? <laughs> okay. Just, oh, okay. Put peg in here. Right. It's not. Yeah. Because it's a habitual emotional self-identifying connection that you mm-hmm. have to work on letting go and instituting something new. It's Pavlov's law. You have to re, you know ringing the bell yeah dogs mouth with the waters. dog oh you yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. classical conditioning yes gotcha yeah okay so you have to recondition yourself 100%. your mind on how to react to situations on how to open up since we don't know how because one of the things that um really did begin to change me um was uh, the fact that um I got a lot of advice from a lot of people when I was uh, uh, an adolescent. You know what I mean? Um, my my mom had 
like this group of friends and I had, it was like an extension of my mother. You know what I mean? I would go over to hang out with other friends and like their moms and whatnot. Um, but I was still like this stubborn kid and I just hadn't, you know, I've, that, I've always been that way where I have to, ju- I have to do things my own way, even if it's the wrong way. It's like, I'm, I'm going to do it myself and I'm, if I fuck it up, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I got advice so much when I was, uh, that in that age, but I was stubborn. I didn't want to listen to it. So one thing that, that really got me was, um, when I was 19 years old, and this is why I bring up, you know, being able to connect with other people. And first, and I, I love what you said that that you have to do it f- for yourself to yourself first. Like if if you don't know how to be open with yourself, then doing it being that way with another person is nearly impossible. So um, I had a hard time learning that when at 19 years old, the girl I was dating, she got pregnant. In uh, congrats. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. Yes. Come on. <laughs> Congratulations. That was. Uh, laughing at the fact that she's pregnant. We're laughing yeah. At the yeah. Pregnant. Exactly. Clarify. Fifteen years late on the congrats, but. <laughs> so. So is there something new that we're going to learn about you too? <laughs> yes. Um, because this is something that uh, I keep really close to the chest. Is um, at thirty-four years old, I am actually the biological father of a daughter and a son. So, so to answer your question, yes, there is something new we're going to find out. So I did not know this, bro. Everybody doesn't know this. Uh, I don't, and again, like I said, this is uh, things I keep very close to the chest, but I had a, a conversation with my ex very recently. I told her this is something that this was a podcast we were going to be doing. Oh, shit. And I said, I felt like this was something worth talking about considering the subject. And she gave me her blessing and okay to do so. So... One of the things that really messes with me and did mess with me when I was 19 when she was pregnant was the fact that I didn't have a father around. Um, She knew and she saw that I wasn't ready to be a dad. You know, she could tell. Like, I was kind of like how you were saying. I wasn't really connected there. I was really wishy-washy with my feelings. You know what I mean? There was more of, like, this want to do it as opposed to, like, actually be able – being able to do it. Is that I, I it yeah, I had I had a want to do it because I didn't want to be your dad. My dad. Yes. Yes, exactly. Even though I knew within myself I was like I don't think I'm ready to do this. I can't. Like I what am I doing? You know what I mean? So, there was this huge conflict, this internal emotional spiritual conflict and even mental within myself when this was happening. Um and and I hated feeling that way, you know. Um, and when uh, when my daughter was born, like I was right there in the room, and like it was—it's a moment I'm never gonna forget. It was an amazing feeling when she was born. And yet, because I still wasn't connecting, because you know, um, my ex, she would always want to talk about things, and I never did. You know what I mean? Like there was problems going on, and. It was 11 o'clock at night. I had to be up the next morning. I want to go to bed. I'm tired. And she would have the bedroom light on and she'd be wanting to talk. And I was like, oh my God, you're pissing me off. Do you know what I mean? And there was, I just, I didn't want to talk about things. It's so much easier to not. Exactly. I just, don't let me, just let me repress it. It is what it is. Let's just keep moving on with our lives. Right. Um, 
and you know we obviously we broke it off we we tried to get back together and that's how um my son happened so having the, the this this disconnect within yourself and then going about trying to have a relationship that way and then going about it in a way that's going to produce kids and not being smart about that outcome is is very damaging and very hurtful to everybody involved and that's one of the things that i learned was that now um for the past umpteen some years i've had another man raising my kids because we went and finally it was when um i joined the navy that i uh we went and we finally made things legal um you know we were kind of under the radar with all the other legal stuff there was no uh, uh like adoption papers or anything like that so because i was then in the military and then her uh husband um I, it's not new husband she and i never got married so her husband at the time was also in the military um there was all this you know how uncle sam is there's all this red tape and there's really no documentation on them being anybody's dependent so we finally went and we had that it's legalized where he legally adopted both my daughter and my son. And so I had the hardest time with it. And she she understood where I was coming from. In fact, when we broke up all those years ago. That must have been really fucking hard, man. It um I'll tell you what, when when we finally uh you know ended everything. I, I literally thought my, my life was at point done. I had nothing to go on anymore. You know, I had turned into my father. I was the guy that abandoned my kid, kids. Um, and, you know, the, the mother of my children wanted nothing to do with me. And now it's just like, now what do I do? You know, I've turned into this man that I don't even know, you know. And so it took a lot of years to get over that. It took me, first of all, getting off my ass and going to work. You know what I mean? Because that was another thing, too. I didn't have the best work ethic. I was kind of lazy. So I had to get off my ass. I had to go to work. I was working uh, two jobs, 18 hours a day, maybe 19 hours a day, getting very little sleep, working on Saturday. And I did that for at least a month. And that was when I, we were actually trying to patch things up and make things good again and whatnot. Well, at the end of that, when it was finally official that we were never going to get together, I quit one of my jobs and just went full-time at the other, and I just, I just started going to work. You know what I mean? Just kind of put one foot in front of the other, as it were. Were you doing it to keep yourself busy? Keep myself – well, I was trying to stay busy um, and then just trying to let time take care of everything. Hmm. You know what I mean? So I did that, and then I, st I, I did that to a point where I started working a job I thought was only supposed to be a job for college for another six and a half years. I stayed there until I got in the Navy. So because at that point, it was like, all right, this is a full-time job. It's paying my bills and just kind of repetition. You know what I mean? It's helping me get through. It is what it is. And so it wasn't until later where I would still like call and I go down and visit and everything. It took a long time for me to really figure out that there's still a way for me to stay in their life. I was like, all right, I obviously I fuck shit up, you know, when this all thing started, but I don't want to go out like my dad did. I still don't know who this man is. He never called. 
you know, my mom always said that, you know, he had joint custody. He was supposed to be paying child support, and my mom was like, eh, he's not even doing that. So I was like, I don't want to go out like this guy. Like, my kids are at least going to know who I am. I mean, at this point, this is the absolute best that I can give them, and I'm, I'll be damned if I don't. So I'm at this point where uh, I call them every now and then, um, and I've accepted that they have, like, their own life. You know what I mean? They they have their life and their and it's like they're they're a family, so I've accepted that. So I I'm at this point where I don't intrude all the time. I don't call them all the time, but I'll call them every now and then. See what's going on with school, what's going on with life, um, you know, just to chat, just to let them know what's going on with me. And then um, I'll tell you guys this one story that um, I will always remember is when um, uh, I was I, I got out. And I went up to Washington to finish my associates, and I was staying with my mom. And I was thrilled with the fact that uh, they were stationed up there in Washington. So it was still kind of a drive from where my mom lived, but this guy did not give two shits. Um, it was uh, around the time when uh, the eclipse was happening. And so. The one that Trump stared into, or previous one? <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, it was the one where yeah, it was coming across the U.S. Um, uh, it, this would have been 2017-ish, 2017, 2018. So the one Trump stared into. Did he stare into it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He was president at the time. So. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Um, so. <laughs> I, need, I need the timeline, guys. Come on now. Yeah, no, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, my, my daughter... She's huge into science. She's trying to work for NASA one day. She uh, she wants to work, uh, or she she's tr- she really wants to go to like an Ivy League school, things like that. So she's she's all about it. And I'm almost envious because when I was her age, I had no freaking clue what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? And she she's got it set. She's got her whole life, right? So I I called her and I said, Hey, do you want to go watch the eclipse? And she's just like, Oh my god, over the moon, excited. I was like, all right, well, I'll come down. I'll pick you up in this and this and that. And it was the weekend of my son's birthday. And so I drive down there, and it was was it was kind of poor planning on my, my part because I didn't know the extent of how big of a deal this eclipse was because the, the, the pattern that it was crossing, every place in Oregon – where it was going to be at, like all, all places, like the hotels and everything it was all sold out. There was nothing. So I was like, well, shit. Um, so I get down there and I tell them like, this is the deal. We're not going to make it down there in time, like the actual place where I want to be, but we can get relatively close, but I don't know if there's going to be any hotel rooms or anything. And so my ex, she goes, just sleep in your car. I'm like, What? So I was like, that was like out of the question, you know. I was like, I, if I'm gonna have my kids with me, you know, um, I, you know, I want a, a hotel and everything, put them in a bed and everything. And I'm like, well, I mean, what do you guys want? And and um, you know, uh, my daughter Savannah, she's uh, she says, well, it's Sean's birthday. I don't care whatever he wants to do. So Sean is like, yeah, let's just do it. I'm like, all right, you want to sleep in the car? Fine, we'll do it. So we go down and. Um, and when I say my kids, I, I say that very loosely because there's the, the, yeah yeah, but um they uh so yeah we we get in the car and we drive down to Astoria Oregon 
right? And, and it's it's a good, decent couple hours, and they were getting tired of being in the car and all after, like, if you've ever had kids in a car, in it, right? yeah. So, and it, but this was still during the day. So, so we get down there, and the sun is setting, and they need food, and they they want to get out of the car and everything. So, um, we, we take them. I take them to a park. All right, and and Savannah is. Uh, I just bought her a glove. She wants to learn how to throw a baseball. She wants to play softball at some point. So I bought her a glove, and I, I have my own glove. And I got a ball. I was like, all right, we'll do this. And uh, Sean, he's he's all about football. So at the park, there's only one me and there's two of them. And one wants to throw a baseball. The other one wants to throw a football. So I go, all right, I can do this. So I'm throwing a baseball to Savannah. All the while, my uh, Sean is running around. I toss the football to him. He throws it back to me. I catch it with the glove. I th- toss it back to him, catch it, the baseball, throw it back to So I'm doing all this. And I am the happiest, happiest man alive right now. Like I'm having so much fun with this. And then I, I take them uh, to eat dinner, and like they make a scene, and I love them to death. But it's still, I like, I still have like this sense. Like Sean was acting a fool, and well, he didn't fall far from the tree, so I don't blame him really. Uh, yelling at the waitress. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he was he he was just like me though. Like he would he would clown around and and be loud and everything. And I now my mom is in my head, and I'm like I wasn't allowed to do that when I was a kid. So hey, calm down. You know what I mean? So, uh, but then when night came, luckily across the river there was because I was thinking to myself, where are we gonna park? Like I don't want to just park in some random parking lot and then have Popo come around like hey. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Probably look too good for you. Yeah, no, that wouldn't look good for me. So luckily across the river, there was a, um, they, there was like a highway and there was a rest stop there. I'm like, okay, that's, that's socially acceptable. We can sleep there. So I pull up the car there and Sean was, had this uh, laser tag uh, set. So you get the vest and the two, the two guns and everything, right? And they wanted to go play laser tag. And I'm like, cool, cool. So I sit in the car and I just watch them in the night, in the dark. Like it's just dark, and you just see the lights going and they're firing, blah blah blah. And, they're t- and I'm just sitting there in my element, just watching them. I'm like, this is so fucking cool. And then uh, the winner, or I, I play the winner. I'm like, all right. So Sean wins, and he wants to play me. And I'm like, you don't, you don't know what you're getting yourself into, kid. All right. I've took, I've taken training on this. I'm gonna kick your ass. And but he was talking shit. And this little guy was just like, no, I'm gonna beat you. I'm gonna beat you. And I'm like. Please stop, because if you talk, if you talk any more shit, I'm gonna have to put you in your place. And I did. I whipped his ass. So, <laughs> and he didn't like it too much. Uh, but it was, uh, it was the, it was the absolute best night of my life. I absolutely loved it. And <clears throat> one of the things that I would definitely encourage anybody is, um, I'm, I would have liked to have been there. And it's still something that was always going to hang with me, no matter what I do, where I go, that um, I wasn't able to be the father that they deserved. Uh, but I can that's one of the things, going back to what I was saying earlier, with hang, have some, uh, bleh, having something to hang my hat on, was I can hang the hat on the fact that they know that I'm alive, that I still spend time when I can. I call them when I can, I, and I talk to them. And, and, and they at least know of me and who I am. Um, and like the, the moments that we do have, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. And, and because of that, it's had me thinking, and this is why I bring up the whole 
relationship thing is going on and you know I don't want to be you know 40 50 and not married at first I was thinking you know I, you got like three months man I got three months I know I gotta hurry up does anybody want to get married <laughs> so uh you know I didn't want that uh but at the same time I was like I don't how do I go about having a family again when you know this has already happened so that's another thing that I currently deal with and you know I mean you're also basically a kid like you were 19 and the yeah. one thing I took away from that story that I always tell myself my dad may not have taught me how to be a dad but he taught me how not to be a dad mm. and that's where you were saying I don't want to be like my dad I want yeah. to at least let the my kids know that yeah. I'm there so I may not know exactly how to be a good dad but I know how to be a bad dad I'm just going to avoid that yeah. stuff and then yeah. just put your best foot forward and you've already accomplished that Josh yeah. like you already aren't your dad because you had an actual memory with them mm-hmm. do you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like that's something they're going to take away like they'll talk about like you remember when we went to Oregon <laughs> dad shit on you Sean he's going to be 20 like fuck you yeah <laughs> I know right I know and um I'm thankful for the relationship though because uh she and I you know the uh, the mother of my kids you know she and I have a very good relationship now, which I am very thankful for because when we were going through the breakup, it was horrible, horrible, man. Um, like she didn't want to have anything to do with me, and then I just hated her because, well, of some of the things that we talked about. You know, I just I didn't want to admit anything, and it was that point where I finally looked in the mirror at myself was when we were able to start mending that, and uh, and it's great now. You know, I I know. Uh, you know, their dad, um, he's a great guy. And that was another thing too, when that was happening, like that was happening almost at the same time she and I were still fresh off a breakup and they were, he, they got together and they were dating and everything. And I wanted to hate him so bad within myself. I was like, this guy, this fucking guy. And I met him and he was the nicest fucking guy in the world. He was so, he was cordial to me. He didn't have anything bad to say to me. He was nice. He invited me to things and this and this and that. I'm like, I can't hate this guy. I can't. And that pisses me off even more. <laughs> you know, so it, it having that experience um, definitely did teach me a lot. Uh, it's for, it had that moment how you were talking, Q, about looking in at yourself and, and kind of readjusting things. Right. And, and that was definitely the moment for me was when uh, this guy who I wanted to hate so bad and couldn't, I was like, there's clearly something wrong with me. Clearly. So it's been, it was tough, but I absolutely love the fact of where we're at now. It's great. I love talking to those kids. They're amazing. They're great kids. So. Reflection's hard, man. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, like, like you were saying, like it, it was worth it because you, know, you grew from yourself. And now you're able to have this dynamic with your, with yourself as well as with like uh, your biological kids and the mom. So, <clears throat> yeah, man. Well, I unloaded a lot, guys. Y'all yeah, need to I say don't something. Know how to segue from that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but I mean, so I just wanted to say that this is the reason why I bring it up. Um, it's because I had this moment when I was a teenager, and yeah, adolescence is big. It is. It is. It's it's really tough, and I know. And I was actually thankful to meet all you guys and then learn some of your stories. And it was it was it was encouraging to hear that I wasn't the only one. 
Because I think that's the, the biggest one too when people are going through shit like this. Um, they don't know how to go about doing it. Um, like I know when I was going through my thing with the breakup and with my kids and everything, I would have these conversations with people and, and there was a few times where people would talk about deadbeat dads. You know what I mean? And, and, and they're taking off on their kids and everything and I shut down. I didn't know what to say to things. And they weren't talking to me. It was like this general conversation. Because then I, I would I would completely get out of that conversation. And then I'd be in it on myself. I'm like, sure, no, I don't want to say anything. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it's actually, it, it was really encouraging at least that the the father figures was something that we could relate on. And that was always a big deal to me. So I want to say something too. Like the deadbeat dad comment that, um, that got me thinking about what I'm about to say is is that it's so easy to just label them as just pieces of shit and mm -hmm. people who just didn't show up and they're just assholes and shit um, which the behavior shows is true Yeah. but a part to where you can practice on letting go of that for yourself is by just working on accepting that their behavior is the result of their own pain and their own hurt and their own confusion within their own selves. Mm -hmm. So something I've grown to realize through my therapy is that my parents are just people too. You know, right. they're just, they're just people like you <clears throat> and me, but they have this, they are parents. So it's like, you want to see them as different. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But they are just people. And you know, I'm repeating myself, but they are, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Are de they are dealing with their own stuff. And so your dad has his reasons as to why yeah. I, I still have a relationship with my dad now, which I'm very thankful for. We have rekindled some, like a relationship and he's gone through his own therapy and his own work. And he's gotten to this position to where he feels very comfortable with himself. And I can talk to him about, you know, the impact that his behavior had on me as a kid. And he's very open to it and he's accepting and he welcomes it, yeah. which is huge. That is big. Um, and I'm really glad that we're rekindling that. But because of my own therapy, my own experience with my struggles and my, um, you know, lack of inability to like super connect like I want to, it helps me see where his faults were at from his own point of view. And so that brings a little bit more like empathy towards him. Right. You know, and that heals the relationship a little right. bit because it's not yeah. like fuck you mm -hmm. underlying then the there's, whole interaction between each other. Yeah. You know, there's this mutual acceptance of like, or mutual understanding of like, Oh, you're going through shit too. Me too, man. Like, yeah. I get it. I understand why your behaviors mm -hmm. acted the way that they Sure. Do. Was there a moment for you guys? Um, and you, I guess you kind of already touched on it, but I, hope I was making sense there. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, you were I, I, you're absolutely, okay. you're good. Okay. Um, people no, but people got it. Yeah. <laughs> But was it, is there a, a t-shirt? Yeah, <laughs> it's a meme. Um, but was there a moment, or is there might still be a moment because you were touching on a cue where you yourself have to go through forgiveness with that? Do you know what I mean? Like to forgive this person because I know that was something that was hard for me. Not so much, Rob. Nope. <laughs> so uh, I grew up I, growing up. I was my dad's favorite because I was the, okay. the youngest. My brother and sister are exactly 11 months apart. Oh, okay. And then I'm four years younger than my <laughs> sister. So, like, mm. I loved my dad growing up. And then, like, I was too young. I didn't recognize stuff. Mm -hmm. I would just wake up and there's a hole in the wall. Like, shit, there's a hole in the wall. That's just a uh, thing now. Yeah. And then uh, most of my memories from my childhood are my dad in prison. So, like, mm. 
glass <laughs> telephone. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So drugs, a lot of drugs. Yeah. So, uh, and then the part where I was like, I just don't like this guy anymore. Yeah. Was just before the last time I saw him. Uh, my mom, like you said, mm-hmm. never collected child support. Was just yeah. a strong, independent woman. Don't need no man. And then I ran into a brick wall and this tooth is fake. And it turns out I still had a baby tooth here. So I had to get braces, pull the tooth down. I was pointing at my incisor where the baby <laughs> tooth was. And my front left tooth is fake. Uh, so like that's a lot of money. Yeah. It's not cheap. Yeah. And so my mom finally went to court to collect child support just for me, not for my brother or sister because mm. they were already out of the house. And uh, my dad obviously went to go fight it. He used to be an electrician for pg e so he made a lot of money. They mm. make good fucking money. He made a lot of money. He's a smart dude. He yeah. had a full-ride scholarship offer to Cal Poly Pomona to be oh, a wow. vet, a veterinarian. Wow. It's like, he's not a stupid guy. It's just right. drugs ruin him. And uh, then he ended up working at PG&E, which is where my grandpa worked. Mm-hmm. He made good money. Drugs ruined that as well. He was an electrician in Barstow. Drugs ruined that as well. Jeez. So, uh, but there was paperwork that he had to fill out to fight the child support. And uh, I was home and my mom wasn't because my mom was at work. And some one of his friends brought the paperwork. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what's the name of your child? It's Robert James question mark Walker. My middle name is his first name. It's Robert Joseph Walker. Like, it's not even a fucking hard. Oh, wow. No, it wasn't a question. It was just James. No question mark. The question mark was on my age, which was 15, oh, which wow. was right. I'll give him that. But, like, why are you questioning it, dude? Like, I was born wow. in 90. That's not a hard one to keep track of. <laughs> what year is it? All right, what, what's that from 90? Like, it's yeah. not like 91. So that's when, and then, uh, so I'd hit my growth spurt because that was my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. So I went from 5'7 to 6'1. I used to always remember my dad. And like the the family visiting rooms, like picking me up, big strong man. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm taller than this guy. Yeah. And like he's crying. He's like, "Ah, oh, it's not you. I just can't afford it." It's like, well, you wouldn't have to afford it if you were in my fucking life for the past ten years instead of prison. Wow. If yeah. you had PG and E, you could afford this shit. So like. Yeah. And then uh, before I went to Japan in two thousand, late two thousand eleven, early two thousand twelve, uh, like my mom's never tried to keep him from us. She's always been like, yeah, they had shared custody at first. Mm-hmm. He went to prison. He lost that. She's always taken us to visit him, even when he didn't have custody. And uh, so he wrote a bunch of letters to uh, the kids. So me, my brother, my sister. Mm -hmm. And my mom gave me a hit, the one he wrote to me. And he was like, oh, you know, hope you're doing well. Heard you in the Marines. I was a sick bro, only three years late, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And I wrote a whole long letter and I put it in an envelope. I'm like, why am I trying to impress this dude right now? Like, what the fuck has he done for me? Uh So I just threw that away and went to Japan. I thought about inviting him to my graduation last year just to like show him I'm successful in spite of you. Right. I hold grudges. I don't know if you guys knew this. I've I, noticed. I'm a very grudgeful You're person. You're still upset about Jesse with the sunglasses. Hey, I have his sunglasses now, so I'm not <laughs> upset anymore. Uh, but yeah, so I was like, uh, why, why am I trying to impress this dude? So I just mm-hmm. didn't mail it. Uh, I wanted to send him the invitation. My only drawback to sending it to him, I know he can't leave the state of California because probation, but like, what if he did and he showed up and it was just awkward for my family mm. I was like that's why I didn't do that gotcha and since since I saw him at 15 he's seen my brother my sister my sister's kids he's reached out to both of them on Facebook but he hasn't reached out to me mm. I was like dude I was your favorite like what the <laughs> what the fuck's going on man like, yeah just cause well, I'll beat you up in the streets fool <laughs> you're 6'1 like 200 bitch I got you yeah you're cute but not as athletic <laughs> nine fingers <laughs> 
Well, that that might be. Um, I I guess. Well, cause he, he, this is for. Well, I, I'll mention this first. Uh, the fact that he was, uh, you were his favorite. That might be why he's. Pro- he might be the most scared. Could be. Cause he doesn't. You know what I mean? That kind yeah. of connection. He doesn't want to have that severed. Too, but that's also why I dislike him so much. Yes. Because I went from his favorite to like... Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Probably because, like, like Josh was saying, I don't yeah. think he can connect to you. I think he can still connect to your brother and sister because based off the stories that you've told me about like your siblings and stuff, like I think he can connect to them a lot easier as opposed to you. My brother hates him. Like, straight mm-hmm. despises him. But he reached out to him and my brother was like, don't ever contact me again. Fuck. So oh, it's wow. not like they have... Right. good relationships yeah, yeah, yeah. my sister knows the value of like having a a grandpa to her kids so she and they've only met him once like it's not mm. like it's yeah. a recurring thing because he's a fucking turd yeah. he's a terrible person well what um well it, well here's one thing that I'd like to pose to you one of the things no. is <laughs> like no no I already know um so there is a difference between um forgiveness and reconciliation so the, the forgiveness part of it would be more for your benefit. 100%. And the reconciliation is for the other person. So you can still forgive a person and choose not to reconcile with them. No? Still remind, there's like this, nope. there's this, there's this <laughs> meme. Um, it's, a, it's like a spiritual meme, but it's Rafiki from The Lion King. Oh, I love that guy. like lotus pose for yeah. like yoga. And the, the, the caption says, forgive yourself, not for them, but because it gives you peace. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think about him. Like that's the way yeah, I can yeah, escape yeah. this all. Like I don't think about him. My mm-hmm. one of my exes used to say I have daddy problems. Like no, I just never had a dad. Like, <laughs> and I just move on. Like yeah, it just is what it is. I was dealt that hand of cards. But like the probably the next time I'll think of him after this podcast is when I listen to it. <laughs> to see how stupid my voice sounds. Oh no! And then, if anything, uh, I'm a little nervous about. The way I sound. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll jump rabbit trails, dude. Sometimes. <laughs> So I'm really working on staying. Don't worry, baby. You uh, sound great. And then the next one will probably be when my mom tells me he passed away. Uh, I mm. might go to his funeral. I know he has a whole other family. Oh, another story just popped in my head. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> so literally probably two years ago, my sister was in Illinois. Okay. Because uh, my brother-in-law is in the Army. He was the ROTC coordinator for the University of Illinois. Uh, so my dad has this whole new life now. Uh, it's pretty hard getting work for it convicted felon twice over it is yeah uh, so he's not having the best of it but he's he's got uh, a baby mama and two kids from there okay. and he's actually trying to be in their life like good for you man yeah be better to them than you were to us yeah but his fucking husky died and like he did a long sappy Facebook post that my sister told me about because obviously I'm not friends with him right about how uh, that dog was like the love of his life and like Uh-oh. was so sad Uh-oh. and then, so my sister called me crying <laughs> And I was like, I'm one of those people that we were talking about earlier. Like, don't bring emotions to me. I'm not like, right, yeah, not yeah. able to register that. <laughs> I'm not the one that people come and talk to. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so she called me crying, and she was like, "Oh, you know, why is he so upset over a fucking husky?" <laughs> Meanwhile, her you, her son's graduating college. Her other son's a fucking uh, yeah. rebar worker. Her mm-hmm. daughter has two kids, married to yeah. got to be a colonel in the army. Like, yeah, but a fucking husky makes you do a long sappy Facebook post. Right. He's a turd. Moral, moral <laughs> of the story. Yeah. There's no redeeming qualities in that guy, except that he made me tall. Because he can't grow a beard, so I got this from somewhere <laughs> else. It's like a, it's probably like from the genetics of like your grandparents or Could something be. like that. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've heard that it skips generations. It can. It can. Yeah, it probably yeah. can. Yeah. It's weird how that happens. It's, it's just true. a random roll of the dice. Because I'm taller than him by three inches. Yeah. I've been taller than him since I was a sophomore. So like, 
Huh. I'm wider than him. It's surely not from my mom's He's family. just. Yeah. He's just. Damn, he's thick boy. <laughs> he's thick ass boy. <laughs> With four C's. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, maybe he is fine. Maybe he's dealing with his own stuff, and he's finally being able to connect in some way. I hope he's a better dad to those kids than he was to us. Like I wish them the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But he's not a part of my life ever again. Yeah. All right. right. That's just my personal. I gave it a try. I gave it a try. No, no. (laughs) that's the person I am. Grudges and cut shit off. No, I I still get that though because I mean I was the same way when when um you know my. Uh, my own, I guess, baby mama. When uh, she and I f- uh, officially broke things off, she she gave me, she mailed me this big, huge, you know, Manila envelope, and I opened it up, and she had Google searched my dad, and there was all these different it's like, like a fucking movie scene. Yeah, no, I know, right? <laughs> so she had all the the like uh, different people who could have been my dad living in different. Areas. She Google searched it, and so I asked, her, I'm like, why'd you do that? She goes, well, you talked about him a lot. I'm like, yeah. So, she's like, you you should you should try and find him. I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> Why? It's been like over 19, 20 years now. Why would I do that? And and um, and that's not your responsibility. You know what I mean? Like, you're the kid. Well, yeah, and and that's and that's exactly how I took it. It's exactly how I took it. Um, and. And I still, I still don't like. I don't have that desire to. But she put that thought in my head. Like, what if I did? You know, just throwing that in there. Like, all oh, right. So now I'm, I'm thinking through all these scenarios. Like these what if scenarios. Like, what, what's going to happen? What's he going to say? What if he's bigger than you? Can't beat him. What up? if he's bigger than me? Yeah, and I can't, can't beat, beat him, him up. up. <laughs> and here I am, just sitting there talking shit again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. So, I mean, I thought. I mean, I probably thought about it for a little bit, but I ended up tossing it. I was like, no. I'm just. It is what it is. Um, you have peace with just. Yeah, I'm. I'm at peace with it. Um, I went through my my heartache with it, and you know, at this point, I it kind of kind of like how you were saying. Oh, you, you got a pee break? Yeah. Oh, Rob's a got a pee break. Lecture. All right. Yeah, you have, dude. Jeez. <laughs> no pun intended. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's just kind of how I am. You know, I don't really. Yeah, I don't really have that desire. It never really came over me to to even find him. It was always questioning why is he not here? That that that's where my mentality was. And again, this was big in my maybe adolescence. You could get that answer if you found him. Do you know what I mean? I mean, maybe, but then again, I mean, it all goes into am I going to be ready for what he has to say? And I think that's what what do you think? You, what would like put you in the position to where you could go into it in your mind and think like, okay, I'm ready. God, I don't even know. I don't. You know what I mean? I think. I think that's almost asking the question. You know, the the what's your future look like? And it's like I can't answer that. I have an idea of what I want it to look like, but no one knows for sure. So I think I think it's it's. If if I ever do get to the point where I do want to, I mean, then hey, I guess we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but until that point, I'm sitting here just like, I guess, kind of like how Rob was saying, just all right, it is what it is, and right. just keep moving on with my life and uh, knowing what not to do, 
sometimes helps with understanding what to do. It's like a sifter, you know what I mean? Like, oh, don't do that. Oh, I don't want. I definitely don't do that. And so that it helps to eliminate all these different things. Um, and I'm what I am is I get it from my mom is I can sometimes be too analytical. Like I gotta look at things black and white. You know what I mean? I if there's gray, then I get confused. I'm like, shit. Oh, I can't operate in the gray, man. Are you colorblind? I am. Oh my god. So it's it's just one of those things where it helps to have like that yes or no. And when it's not there, and 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 that's things that I think about too. Is like, what what if I would have had that male figure? Because what one of the things that I um I tell people about, um, and I told people about, uh, like when I was going to school and things like that, um, when they have these talks about uh, gender and things, and um, you know, we don't really need to have male and female role models, this and this and that. And I'm quick on the defensive. I'm like, fuck that shit. Look at me. Of course I need a male role model. You know what I mean? And and a lot of it is just like, well, it's just loving, it's caring, and things like that. I'm like, okay, all valid points. But let me give you this point here. When I was a kid, I was playing basketball. And they and these were back in the days where uh, the like the compression short stuff was just starting to come out. So I was always wearing like boxers, playing ball, and like going to games and everything. Um, and never understood those teammates. I do not know how they played basketball. And exactly. I had like my coaches would say the exact same thing, but like me as a, as a guy, I was uncomfortable even asking my mom, you know, even about that stuff. When I had the birds and bees talk with my mom, I never had that talk. I don't even know what that talk is. Oh my God. That was so uncomfortable. It was, <laughs> but here's the thing. Shout out to you, mom. No, for real. Cause that, that had to have been just as uncomfortable for her. As it was for me and my brother, it was just like, oh my god, do we really have to do this right now? And and so I bring up these concepts. I'm like, it's uncomfortable, and girls have no idea what it's like to be a guy playing basketball with your stuff flying all over the place, free balling and shit, smacking your leg and shit. Exactly, they don't know what that's like. They have no idea. So liberating, when, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like, woo! I can breathe. <laughs> it's like a Seinfeld thing. Okay, just quick tangent. It's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. Go so ahead. The Kramer, he switches from jockeys to boxers. Oh, nice. And he comes into Jerry's apartment. He has all these fucking like uh, tidy whities. He's like, here, take my jockeys. <laughs> Jerry's like, get those away from me. He's like, I can't stand them. How do people wear these boxers? Like, I'm flipping. I'm flopping. I'm- <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I'm flipping, I'm flopping. He's just, I'm all over the place. Exactly. Yeah, and it's so true. It's true. I've had the same, like, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try boxers because, like, kids wore boxers, and I was like, cool thing to do. Exactly. Exactly. Right? So I was like, all right, I'm going to wear boxers. Yep. That lasted, like, two or three days. I was like, I cannot do this shit. I need some sort of, like... You got to put it together, man. I need need to be housed somewhere. Exactly. So, you know, and I I bring that up as examples all the time. I'm like, because uh, Sean... He's playing basketball. And so, you know, I'm, I'm talking to his mom and everything. Well, what is, you know, birthdays coming up. Like, does he need anything? You know, things like that. And she goes, a lot of compression. Like, I got you. I got you on that. Because I know how it feels. So, like, I, I bought him a lot of stuff, you know. Um, and, oh, my God, he wanted the new Steph Curry's, too. I'm like, all right. He's going to well, get some new shoes. It helps threes, actually. It does. Yeah, it helps. The shoes help. Yeah. <laughs> So, kid run faster and yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was always wanting Air Jordans when I was a kid. My mom was like, no. <laughs> the triple digits? You can fuck off. <laughs> I know. It's exactly, right? So, but these are just some, you know, just these little things that, you know, as a, as a, a young boy growing up, I think is, I always thought would, would have been huge. 
to have like that sit down talk. You know what I mean? To have that understanding, like, you know, to have like the male role model come in and tell like mom, like, no, he needs these. Okay, yeah, honey. In that moment right yeah. there, mm-hmm. you're validated. Yeah. Like as a kid, you're like, okay, see, he understands. And it's like yes. you're trying to explain it to your mom as much as you can, but it's just not fucking Not connecting. fully getting, yeah. You know, she conceptually understands it, but like that experiential, mm-hmm. like, acknowledgement mm-hmm. is so much more resonating yeah. as opposed to just like that conceptual shit. So if your dad be like, yeah, no, listen, he fucking needs him for his boys. Yeah. Like, they, they need to be together. Okay? Exactly. Just, you don't understand, sweetheart. Like he's got to have him. And it's, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, thank you, dad. Like I understand. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, and then other stuff like, well, Rob, I know you were telling me that, you know, your mom did everything and, and whatnot. And, and my mom, you know, again, she was the same way, you know, mom and dad, she was kind of a tomboy, which, which helped. You know, she played catch with us. She liked to do that kind of thing. And so we were able to do that. Um, but then it was a lot of the, you know, just being boys kind of thing. Um, one of the things, and again, this goes back to um, my experience in the Navy. And this is something that in my education within the social sciences, they, they've brought up things like locker room talk, you know, that kind of etiquette. Is that something that's still okay should we like have guys you know this and this and that and again because i know exactly i know what you mean rob because again i defend it every single time because of where i come from i'm like you don't understand what it's like not to be able to do that and then be subjected to that and have no fucking clue how to navigate it you know what i mean my time in the navy helped me do that and now at asu with all my veteran buddies that's all we do and i fucking love it because I finally understand what it's like. So, you know, so I constantly defend these things all the time based off of my experiences. And, and this is one of the things that I think is like huge because with a dad growing up that understands these things, like, okay, he's going to need to understand. He may, not, he may not like it. That's fine. Like some, some guys are just not to that point where they like to bullshit back and forth like that, and that's perfectly fine. But he still needs to know that it's out there in the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so he's not just getting spawned into this exactly. situation that he doesn't know how to find. I like how you use that gamer thing to spawn. Dude, I love I, I, Outside of video games, it's just funny. It's just like <laughs> thinking about like birth in it within itself. I thought of the movie Spawn. The early oh, 90s okay, movie. okay. But just yeah, like yeah, yeah, literally yeah. like, you know, Rob's talking about, you get dealt the cards that you got. True. So it's like, as a baby, just <laughs> in this shitstorm, just like oh, everything. I don't understand. It's like you know? you're in the middle of Call of Duty on like Rust, and everybody's running around killing exactly. each other. So he's got a new going. Dude, my little, <laughs> yeah, right. My little brother Braden kicked my ass every time we played on Rust, dude. Like he's so fucking good, it pisses me off because I have always been the alpha, the alpha, of everything. And now I'm like going home to play video games, and he's like. Looking at me on the side eye, that kills me. Like, <laughs> fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> so you gotta invest in a game system now. I do have a game system. I just, I do, I can't. I don't. I like playing video games for yeah. like, um, just like a very small period of time. It's like one of those things where I like, I'm like walking around, I'm like, you know, yeah, play some video games. Get my fix in for like an hour and a half. Like, oof, my fucking eyes hurt. All right, I'm done. <laughs> like that's, that's just that's that's the game that it is. Do you wear glasses when you play? No, dude. I got I got LASIK surgery. Touche. <laughs> I have to wear glasses when I play. Like I can't track stuff like I used to. Oh, really? Too. Yeah. yeah. So growing up, I played the fuck out of like the original Call of Duty, Call of Duty Two, Call, yeah, of, yeah, uh, yeah. Call of Duty Three came out when I was in the Marines. Played the fuck. Mm-hmm. Out Remember of it. World at War? 
that World campaign, at War was great. Yeah. That campaign uh, was fucking Black Ops was so sick, fun. especially since I was a Huey crew chief. It's the Vietnam War. Oh like, yeah, there's just yeah, fucking yeah. Hueys everywhere. The kill streak, the nine kill streak in that game was my job. <laughs> I went, I went to work, shot a minigun, came home, got a nine kill streak, shot a minigun. Like, <laughs> I fucking made it. Like this is this is awesome. Out of the side of a Huey. Right, it's a little bit harder in real life, but whatever. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, you're not going to slow, <laughs> and people are yelling at you. <laughs> but, uh, like I, I always got down on games, and then yeah. since I started, mostly since I came to ASU, like community college was a breeze for me, minus physics. Mm-hmm. But that's just because my professor was terrible, and I got a new professor and got an A. Yeah. Like, but uh, yeah, since I came here, I just haven't been able to play as much as I used to yeah and so my eyes just adapted to like staring at stationary things so now yeah. I'm playing Fortnite and these kids are building the Taj Mahal in front of me nerd hey bro whatever <laughs> I tried that game for a little bit I had one victory royale there you go one I was so fucking stoked <laughs> they recently I had like nine kills they like, changed like matchmaking so yeah. the day after my last final I got three victory royales by myself which I had two the previous two years of playing yeah so, on top of the world dude mine was a solo one too yeah that feeling it's alone (laughs) it's like it's the virtual king of the hill yeah yeah sweating Eminem singing in the background about spaghetti and stuff hey there you go and you kill that last person you're like I am a god I am the only one on the fucking (laughs) map right now like it's exciting dude yeah I have not had I don't play Fortnite uh, but I started you'd bond with Sean more if you played Fortnite I I know I would because the last time I talked to him, he uh, he's all about it. He's probably that could be fun for you guys. guys He does. He plays it a lot. He's got his own Instagram and he posts it and he wins a a lot. Actually, he's probably killing me. He he would (laughs) he would annihilate me. So this is this is the last conversation we had. It's funny because I was talking to my daughter, and and we're we're just chit chatting, and he's always like in the background, just like, is that Josh? Is that Josh? You know, they call me by my first name and everything, and it's all good. So they. Uh, so does Nate. <clears throat> <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> so, you know, he comes on and he goes, Hey, man, so do you have Fortnite? When are you going to get Fortnite? I'm like, Nah, I don't really play Fortnite, buddy. And he goes, Oh, man, you totally should. You totally should. You know what it is? It's free 99 right now. You should pick it up. It's all good, man. And I was like, oh. I don't know. I'll think about it, man. I'll think about it. He goes, you should. We'll play all the time. And I'm like, yeah, but you play on PC, bro. And he goes, oh, well, you, you know. Cross-platform. They, they, they cross-platform on it's that It's automatic okay. cross-platform. Yeah, yeah, because he's got his own little thing. And yeah, he's all about that, man. He's he's all about games. He, he's trying to be an NBA star. And, and he goes, I'm going to buy you a car. I was at, I was at um the, uh, the, uh, the auto show up here in Scottsdale. What was that? Um. No, no, yeah, yeah, it's all the way. Barrett Jackson, Barrett Jackson. There you go. I work over there by Mountainside and stuff. Oh, okay. So if you want a membership, yeah, Mm -hmm. right. Shut up. So (laughs) Quentin Hicks, go work out, man. Yeah, Quentin Hicks. All the S's. All the S's. (laughs) (laughs) So don't (laughs) say it right, man. So um, yeah, no, but um, yeah, we were at me and my brother went to Barrett Jackson, and there was a there was a Bugatti there. I took a picture of it and I sent it to him. I'm like, I'm going to fuck with him. Did you um, wake up in it? I wish. I wish. That was a popular song. So <laughs> Last year in the Marine Corps. Yeah, That's right? Awesome. So I, I sent it to him and I tell him this. I'm like, hey, yo, man, check out my new wheels. And he freaked out so much he had to call me. He's like, you're lying. You do not have a Bugatti. I'm like, no, for real. I'm sitting in it right now. He's like, 
you're lying to me. <laughs> like I, ser- right I seriously almost had him thinking it. And I'm like, nah, you're right, man. I'm joking. He's like, bro, I thought you had a new car. I'm like, why, dude? Do you know how much those things cost? <laughs> no concept of Not money. Just the yeah. co- like buying it. It's just maintaining those. Exactly, cars, man. Exactly. He's all about it, though, man. But yeah, no, I've, I have been playing um, the Warzone. On Call of Duty, the new Warzone. I would download it. I heard it's a really big file, and that it's huge, stupid. Like I hate this game. There's so many updates, and the the downloads are like 20, 40 gigs every time. I'm not trying to do like overstimulated playing it. It's so dumb. I don't even play it that much. Like I played it, I think yesterday for the first time in almost a month, and (laughs) I I was like. I gotta hate this game. (laughs) game, Games like that are weird, especially the ones that like constantly update. Because yeah. if you're not consistently playing it, you are out of the fucking loop. You are. No, you really are. I haven't played Fortnite in probably like a year and some change. Oh, yeah. If it's I, a different game. <laughs> yeah. if, I, if I jump back into it, I was like, I, I don't even know what they have right now, but I'm pretty sure I would just be completely lost. Yeah. Like not even able to like make it past like yeah. maybe like the first two waves or something like that. Just because mm-hmm. of like, one, like the evolution of the players themselves. I'm pretty sure there's a shit ton of new like tricks for like people like build quicker or whatever and people but just get better over time we just get better yeah, yeah. they just have yeah. more time invested into it Fucking not nerds. this guy yeah i know freaking nerds get off your video games <laughs> Go outside well not right now because of global pandemic but you well know, things are opening you can in, go arizona. Outside. in arizona well that's true in arizona california and new york are still like locked down pretty yeah. tight but did you see those uh designated circles for sitting space in new york i did not I saw inner tubes. Oh, like some some restaurants, like the, the river. Not not uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I did see so, that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was like a like bumper cars almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's fucking weird. They have like these, like uh, they're like kind of like it's like literally like a homeless person wearing a barrel. Yeah, they, they, they strap, and shit. Yeah, they, yeah. they have like walk this inflatable in. tube. Like a six yeah. foot distance. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. And people go to restaurants and eat. And but the one in New York that I saw, there's like it's like an astro turf over by I don't know if it's Brooklyn Bridge or not. It's one of the bridges. But it's by the water and there have designated like white circles for people to sit in collectively. Oh jeez. So it's like individualized certain spaces that people have to sit in in order to maintain that six foot distance. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on, bro? I'll stay home. That's fine. I'll wait until everything is good until... I'm an engineering student. I stay at home anyways. Yeah. I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. Well, shit, guys. I think we hashed out some good stuff. 100%. Um, I appreciate you guys doing this. Yeah. Rob's looking at his phone, checking the time. I just so. want to know if I could get a nap or if I just need to go to the gym now. Oh. <laughs> it's my time a lot, because the gym's closed early now. Oh, they do? Yeah, so like, or some gyms. LA Fitness is closing early. Oh. Like at 6, I think, or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Interesting. Just to limit down. Like, yeah. Although, I guess that's honestly going to put more people in a shorter time. Right, yeah. So like, does that really work? work? Hmm. Well, uh, again, thanks, guys. Well, you're going to hear this again on Talks with Q. Yes, sir. And JoJo. Uh, appreciate it, everybody. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch everybody in the next one.